we're just on 12. So I'd like to welcome everyone to today's success story interview with I Love Real Estate. My name is Michael here in the office of Knowledge Source, although it looks like I Love Real Estate. And today I've got another really fantastic and incredibly inspirational um, student who's done so much in such a short period of time and had so many obstacles to overcome and yet has come out shining and totally changed her life in such a short period of time and is doing incredibly well. So I would like to introduce uh, Christine. Christine, are you there and are you ready to, to chat? Yes, I am very much. Yep, certainly am. Hi, Excellent. everyone. Well, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So thank you so much for the, for um, making the decision to, to, to share your story. And now you have been also um, previously on stage at the Isle of Real Estate Super Conference in, uh, that was uh, 2019, I believe it was. Yes, excellent. 19? Yes, 19. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm confused. Time's gone so quick. <laughs> and with what's happened recently, it gets a little bit confusing, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So look, I, I just, um, I think for everyone to start off with, maybe it's a good idea. Could you give us a bit of an idea of where you're coming from when you first came into Isle of Real Estate? Like, what was your life like and what was going on with you before you came into Join Dipner's um, program in the community? Yep. So life was a whole lot different a long time, that, that many years ago. Um, I'd just come out of a, an abusive relationship with a partner um, over a 32-year period um, that was not physically but mentally abusive so um, controlling in finances and friends and jobs I wasn't allowed a good job um, but he abused my children so that's something that was really not great um, anyway we we had settlement um, a lot of my children were a bit broken um, mentally and um, issues with all sorts of things um, going on in their lives. So not very confident children, they're all very unconfident. Um, and, um, and I came out of this relationship, had settlement finally after a three-year court battle that he took me to. Um, came out with a couple of properties. Um, one was a, real, a commercial property, so that was my income. I kept that because I knew that was where some income would come from. Otherwise, I had no, <laughs> no history of um, being able to get a job, like, you know, 30 years in um, of not getting a job and no, I wouldn't even know how to write a resume, anything like that. I wasn't very confident. I was very, um, I was probably broken, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Um, didn't really know how to do anything. Um, and knew that I liked real estate though because we'd built properties he was a plasterer so we were able to um you know we did a few renovations and we built a few house, couple of houses what he did you know and I helped design them whatever so I had an interest and so I took a year off and we me and the kids went on some couple of holidays and had a bit of a relax because I just needed to work out what I was going to do and um then after that was like right now what and had no idea so I started looking at doing a property ma management course or something like that at uni and um and I love real estate uh, on Facebook one day I love real estate came up with Ibna saying you know do you want to know about property <laughs> and this is what's going to happen in the market and, da, 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 and all of her stuff that she spills on so I listened to that and then next thing you know I was like, oh, let's register. So I registered into a one-day event. Um, that was in um, March 2018. So anyway, so that was um, how I got started. And, wow, um, wow. Came from there. So that's, a, that's, a, that's tough. Like you said 37 years of marriage and yeah. obviously... Oh, seven, and seven children. And, and seven children. Yeah. So, and then you just... You just You'd obviously been you'd been looking after the family, but you hadn't been doing anything outside. No, and we had a farm, so I was looking after the farm too. So I'd deliver cow calves and sheep and feed baby lambs and all those sorts of things too. So I was always hands-on. I was school president of a very 34 school kids school. Mm -hmm. Um and um I'd help them actually do a renovation. So they had 
government funding and that's sort of part of where I found I really loved doing that sort of thing and I was able to help them through two or three different principals because they kept losing principals and um, helping them. So I was sort of the project manager on the school and um, had a few arguments with the big architect who wanted to make this beautiful country school into some monstrosity with orange and bright blue. And I said, nope, it's got to stay the same colours as <laughs> a little old schoolhouse with a cream and cream and burgundy. <laughs> so, yeah, and I got my way. So that was a little bit of show of um, oh, <laughs> being a little bit forceful. But anyway, that was all good. Yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, nice to hear. So it sounds like Dimna says that um, the best project managers are mothers who had kids. Would you would you like agree with that? Because it sounds like, and I and I I know that a little bit more of your story is that you seem to kind of have slotted into that role very well because you had seven oh, kids. Definitely. So your your ability to manage multiple things at multiple times is 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 probably a skill that you didn't realise at the time, but now. It has oh, yes. so much value. I used to always think something that in the, all of the boot camps and everything we go to, I'd always write down one of my goals was to be more organised. And um, and I found out that being organised, I am organised, but in a different way than anybody else would see it, I'm organised in chaos. So, And that's how I work best. So I've always worked in chaos because kids cause chaos, you know. And I used to say to my daughter, shit happens mate that's all there is to it you know things go wrong this one falls over and spills it like you just organize yourself around what happens and in building it sort of seems to be pretty much like kids there's always something that goes wrong that you didn't plan on so as long as you can work around it it makes life so much better so as long as if you start stressing about it it's like um everything stops whereas if you don't stress about it and you go okay well how can we deal with this so, and I've got a few of those going on right now. <laughs> love, love the attitude. And I love that parallel too. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. So um, so now that you've joined, you've obviously kind of gone, hey, I want to, want to go down this path. And you've obviously taken a bit of time out as well, um, which would have been a nice kind of break and a nice kind of a bit of a refreshment of, of change, change of view. How did um, how did the things go? Like, what did you get into in the training? Like, like what... Where, what really kind of were the things that you started to get into when you first got involved with the, with well, the community? first got involved was um, realising that um, finances are a big thing. So equity versus um, serviceability. Didn't understand that. Didn't even know what serviceability was originally. So, you know, that was pretty, <laughs> pretty considerate. You needed to know that. Um, so, yeah, having um, a holiday house, doing nothing, having properties that weren't making money, all of that sort of thing that are sitting there doing nothing. And I'm actually even more so about that now. I understand a whole lot more even than that I did now, then, and that's only this year. So I changed the um, holiday house into two Airbnbs, went down there multiple weekends, started cleaning it out, designing, working out how I could change it. Um, and, you know, a builder once said to me, well, whatever you want to do, it can be done, just you've got to pay for it. And I said, okay, well, this is what I want to do. So we did it and um, changed it into two Airbnbs rather than just a big house mm -hmm. and um, big income. So good income, not too much hard work. Yes, I used to be a bit of a control freak and I wouldn't let anybody else clean it by me. Um, be backwards and forwards an hour and 10 minutes every time I had to clean it and the kids were always saying you know why are you cleaning you get a cleaner and I'd be like oh because they won't do a good enough job so I was very particular I wanted to be a super host which I did get in the first year and um, then continue getting that but then um, my son ended up moving into a little back unit that I've got down there and they started cleaning for me so I trusted him he was actually really really clean um, and um, did a great job so that was right so um but yeah at the moment I'm doing the same thing you know money serviceability is really big and Candace the lady I'm working with now has taught me how to get, get um serviceability for money that I had houses and whatever properties that I owned without any debt so mm -hmm. getting equity out loaning that out on good rates and um or, or putting them into deals, JV deals, all that sort of thing. So you're actually earning the income out of the property on the rent mm -hmm. and 
plus plus. So, you know, you might be paying 5%, but you're getting like an extra 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that actually ends up, ends more than, um, ends more than what properties are earning in their rent. So yeah, that's changed a big thing. And so next thing you know, I've got serviceability and then you can start doing more. Yeah. Um, so just, Christian, just, 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 just to clarify, um, when you, when you came into the program, so you had a couple of properties to start with and you had a bit of money just yeah. there, but you had no idea of how to, how to utilize that. No, not at all. No, I didn't know. What, I was what did you have to start with? Like what, what? Um, I had a factory that was earning about 50,000 a year. Um, I had the, well, I had the holiday house that was earning nothing and costing me a fortune um, and very old and rundown. I had a rental in, two rentals, like a duplex in Croydon, and that was it. Okay, good. So you, you've got a, you've got a bit of property, but yeah. chances are it was probably all balancing out as neutral with the holiday yeah, house. And yeah, the- I, I had people in the, the other two houses that were really paying very, very low rent. Um, one of them had been there in like 15, 20 years while she's still there. Um, yep. But she's she was on like $285 a week. And so she was not paying very much. Um, and the other lady, I ended up, she ended, I got her left, moved out because she was, she didn't pay rent for like three months and I had I was managing it myself. Bad mistake. Um, and then my daughter ended up moving in who was paying even less. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I ended up, I wasn't making much. I was I was paying money all the time to have those things happening. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Didn't understand so, that at the start. Got it, got it. So that's where you're coming from. Okay, okay, cool. So so the first thing, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Change the last house into two, and that yeah. increased your cash flow by uh, thirty, at least thirty thousand that first year. Yep, and yep. now it's making probably around forty. Awesome, awesome. And then uh, what was the other one? Because you had so that was uh, the factory. What happened to that? That's uh, that's tenanted, so that just yep. stayed tenanted until COVID hit. So that's another story. Okay. Um, and the other two, well, my daughter moved into one, so I still wasn't earning, but I did increase the rent from the other lady. Okay. So yep. Brought it back up to not quite because she was such a good tenant. I didn't charge her too much. So I think she was paying about three thirty or something like that. So it's still okay. Added a little bit, so covered, it was covering. I was just covering. I was breaking even on those, but I didn't have uh, okay. them, so I had equity in them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then, then what what happened deal wise? So you've done the deal wise before I started the renovations on the Rosebud, the holiday house. I bought a house because I had some cash. Bought some house for my daughter who was living in the Rosebud house. I needed her to get mm-hmm. out of there so I could <laughs> do the renovations. So I bought yeah, her a yeah. house as a joint venture with her on a property um, that was going to be a um, one into two, so a corner block. Yep. And um, used her first homeowner's grant, so we didn't pay much um, stamp duty. Yep. Um, and she, there was a person, she's paying only 1.5% interest. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. Not much. And um, But her partner was a bit of a builder, so he was doing the renovations, and I was paying for all the renovation costs because they had no money, but they just had a baby. So... I was helping her out, which was my goal, is to help my children out to get houses. Yeah. So anyway, after buying that, I then bought a commercial in my self-managed super, set my self-managed super up, bought a commercial in that, and that was earning about 9% um, net yield in my mm-hmm. super, which was nice. Um, went to a, I'd been to a um, finance advisor. He sort of was going to get me into an apartment, and so I turned around and I said, no, 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 I'm buying my own property. And so I, um, so that's what I did, and that was all good. And I, I love the fact that here you are. You don't know anything about finance initially. You go to a financial advisor, and you say, and he's saying, "Oh, you're going to do this." And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to do this." I'm gonna- <laughs> well, Tipner well, had said, "Don't buy apartments and don't buy them off the plan," and that's what he was wanting me to do. And I was like, "I'm listening to Tipner. She knows what she's talking about." <laughs> but I know I'm. I'm just saying I love the turnaround. You know. Here you are, and it's like suddenly getting on a deal. Like, yes, I'm going to do what she does. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just you're going to go and join somebody and learn all that stuff. You're going to do what they say. 
Absolutely, yep. And um, yes, but then I bought a house for my daughter in Seaford, which was going to be a one into three. And um, I was hoping to put two on the back, but it won't fit. So I'm knocking down the front house um, and just putting three on it. And it was one of those was going to be for that other single mum, who so my mm-hmm. daughter's a single mum, and she was going to buy it at cost price. And then I'd still make money on the deal anyway. So I was like, yep, that's fine. That's number two child having a house, which was all good, but yep. that has not quite happened yet. She's still renting the house off me. Um, we sort of pivoted. I was renovating my PPR too, which was another thing that I wanted to do for fitness. So we renovated a PPR and that's where things changed massively because all of a sudden I couldn't buy another PPR and do a the development I was going to do. So I changed my mind and decided to take a bit of my own advice, which I was advising somebody else to do, go and rent. And I got myself a reasonably nice rental in Sandhurst. And then I was able to do the subdivision at Croydon. So the one that I had, the one into two, one of the houses was really old and shitty. Mm -hmm. So my daughter had moved into the Seaford house. So the lady that was a 20-year tenant moved into the back one where my daughter was. And I removed the old house, put it at um, Tarwan Lower, so a long way away. My sons got them involved and made them do the renovations on it and whatever. And um, as soon as that was clear, the block was clear, then I started a development on that property and did put two on there. So that had two new big town, two-storey townhouses. So I got them done. The other one got finished and we sold, rented it for a little bit of time because of COVID, sold it at the end of last year and still made about about 40,000 to 60,000 on it. But if I'd kept it until like halfway through this year, I would have made about 80 or 100. But, yeah, 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 cool. You know, I needed cool. the money, so that was all that you do it when you need the money and go and do something else. Okay, now so, I, just, I just have a question here, and that is to, mm-hmm. for those of you listening, is everyone, anyone having trouble keeping up with the deals that Christine's doing and how much she's got on her plate at one time and then being able to go through them and then obviously get them to occur? Are you also having that difficulty in keeping track? Because you said about um, being obviously organised in, in chaos and, and, and that kind of scenario, and it's like you've got so much on the go and yet you know exactly what's going on in these different areas. So um, it's certainly a credit to you and I can understand how, you know, what you, what you were saying about, you know, looking after, um, you know, seven kids now and it's like, yeah, yeah. It's rolled over now into project management. So quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty cool. Yeah. Fun. So just to, just to clarify, and I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around. So you've got the commercial deal in super, you've got the house for the daughter, which is a one into a three uh the ppr that then you moved out of is that the one where you did the subdivision or is that another one that's another one. Oh, that's another one okay all right yeah <laughs> and then the door the other one that i've got the subdivision for my daughter other daughter with the baby with yep. the car. Yeah, okay so there's, all right there's one two three yeah anyway whatever <laughs> Okay, there's that's a lot of deals going on there's here, isn't it? a lot there? of deals. There's a lot of things going on. And the Seaford one with my daughter, the one into three, that sort of had to sit and be hot. It's just sitting. So yep. it was just sitting and I sort of started working on some plans and I was just sort of going, okay, well, that's got to sit in the corner for a minute. It's, it's not making me money. It's not losing money. It's just even. So yeah, okay. I didn't charge my daughter any more than that. I was like, okay, it's got $650,000 in it. Oh, well, um, well, just um, we can't do anything. So, well, this is how I thought at that time anyway. So I've changed my ideas now that I'm with my new part, business partner. Yep, okay, yep. <laughs> You're sitting with me. I'm at, at work at the moment. Yep. Um, but um, so um, after finishing the triplex um, in Croydon, so the one mm-hmm. that I had a house on the back and I removed the house in front. So yep. rented both of those for because it was during COVID. So they were finished being built in September or June in um, last year. So what's that, 2020. Mm-hmm. So they were finished in through COVID. They took seven months. I had the best builder you could ever possibly imagine. 
Um, and then, and he's doing work for other people through Platinum that I know. So they're all like, oh my God, he's amazing. So yes, he is. Um, then now, now, I now just just sorry, just, I don't want to don't want to cut in, but just just on that point, you were talking about platinum, but we haven't covered that yet. Oh yes. And there was a specific deal that you got help with on that. So I suppose before we kind of we continue, okay. yeah, because we go yep. what what what's what's a deal when you kind of came along to platinum? Because obviously that was that, that played a major role in this as well. Yeah, look, platinum. Platinum came about because I bought the the one for my daughter on the corner block, the one into three, the one in the super, and I went, oh my god, I'm too. I just I got lost, and I was like, oh my god, I don't know how to move forward or what to do next, and you know which one to take on, if you know what I mean, and start going. So I um, was at a conference, I think the super conference at the end of that year, and. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can't afford that on. Is that really going to be that great for me? And then the next March, I was like, you know what? But I do that. I'm in all sorts of shit. Um, so I signed up with Platinum and um, oh, haven't didn't look back. So I was relocating that house off the, the one into three um, in Croydon. And they, he was like, gave me the best details about how to do it and um, gave me the best advice. But in the meantime, he was, I was wanting to buy all these other PPRs. This is when this all came about. So I was going to buy PPRs and I signed on a contract and he said, can you do that? And I went, well, yeah. And he goes, can you get the loan? And I go, well, I don't know. And, you know, he was, he was sort of being Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder going, um, I think you're going to put yourself in too much pressure. And I went, Oh, really? Anyway, I got emotionally involved and I reneged on the deal. There was too many um, things actually wrong with the house. So I reneged on it and said, no, it's not okay. And they made a mistake in the contract anyway. So I was able to get out of that. And then I'd signed on another one and the same thing. And he, I, I reneged on the finance clause, couldn't get the finance. And he said, then that was when I realised I needed to rent. <laughs> He sort of, he got me to that point, but they don't tell you that in Platinum. Your coaches don't tell you what you have to do. You actually have to work it out. They just give you all the skills to learn how to do that. And, yep. um, yeah, and so once I rented and I had that freed up capital, you know, equity, I was able to go and move forward and do lots of things, and that's how I've got to where I am now. So, you know, I did that deal and built those houses and, you um, through COVID, they were tenanted and I sold one of them on June 29th. I needed to sell it in June 20th, that financial year, because it had a lot of capital gains. And that year, I had lost all of my income through COVID with my factory and my Airbnb. So I was willing to drop the price even, well, I didn't drop the price, I still got more than I was expecting, but to sell that on the 29th and have that contract signed on the 29th of June. Of June, so the capital gains will come into that year. So hang on, I'm going to have to put my charger in. Oh, um, okay. All right. So. Okay, got it. You all good? All good. Yep. You lose me. Okay. Oh, no, no, we don't want to let you. Don't want to lose you. No, no, no. Okay. So just, so just uh, checking here. So this is what's happened uh, because. Up until this point, and obviously you spoke on stage in 2019, and now you're talking about what's what's happening after that during COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So okay, okay, cool. In, yeah, in COVID, the first year, like as soon as COVID hit, basically the Airbnb, you know, I got multiple messages that was all booked up and then bang, no bookings. Everything yeah, was okay. And I had the factory was coming up for a... Um, they were going to sign on the lease and they'd agreed to it yep. on the February. Yep. And by Mar end of March, they changed their mind and said, no, we're moving out. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I had a month um, before they moved out to try and find a tenant, which was not going to happen in COVID. And um, so that was untenanted for 11 months. Wow. And, um, yeah, so Airbnb sort of plodded along. I did change my tactic and I rented out for longer periods of time. So reduced mm -hmm. price, got some longer-term people in there for a month here and a month there. So that sort of kept tickling along, which was good. Yep. So I'm about 25 out of that. So not a, not a bad income. 
Um, but the factory, yeah, lost 50, at that time it was getting 55,000. So I lost $55,000 worth of income. That's it, bang. And I had to pay all the extras, like all the outgoings, yeah. which was another 10. Wow. So, you know, there was my house deposit, <laughs> my 10% yeah. house deposit I'd saved up. Um, so I decided to sell one of the Croydon houses. That's when I decided to sell that and um, get some money out again. So kept two, sold one, and they're both still positive by quite a bit. So that's all good. Mm -hmm. And um, then that's when I met um, last year when I decided I needed to do something different and get more income because I thought I'd diversified, you know, Airbnb, commercial, yep. residential, thought, oh, yeah, I've done, I've done really well. I'm doing all the right things, but still not. So I thought, okay, I need to do a job or something. So I did my real estate agent's representatives course to get a job as a buyer's agent. And I knew somebody that would take me on. Um, early this year, I rang her and yep she was happy to come on and I had a friend in platinum that needed me wanted me to be his buyer's agent mm -hmm. so I um decided that yep okay beautiful so she put me on but on the same day that I got that I rang this other girl about getting a new cleaner for Airbnb and that I knew from I Love Real Estate um that Mickey T had put us in connection with and she's like oh oh, I've been thinking about you. I need you to come and work with me. And I was like, oh, doing what? So she does property de developments and, manage, um, and management. Um, I did get a new cleaner, which was great. Um, but she has changed my life again because it's opened my eyes to do other stuff as well. So which is all stuff that she knows that I knew because I'd learnt it all. And um, from doing everything I've done. So if I hadn't have done Isla Real Estate, I would never have got this job. Well, it's not a job. I've got my own consultancy business now. So I'm a consultant and her um, property coordinator. So now she's, um, she's an amazing woman that joined Isla Real Estate and started doing all of this stuff and building her own business. And I came into it because she was doing, wanted to get into this big deal, which was three houses side by side in Brighton, mm -hmm. 18 apartments, high end. And I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do apartments. <laughs> and so I was like, yep, okay, well, let's go for it. So I had a look at her um, IM and her feasibilities and it's a great deal. So I was like, okay, but I only have this much money that's already committed to that. And she goes, but don't you have properties without any debt? And I went, yeah. And she goes, I've got somebody that can help you get some of that out. And I went, so she explained how to me how that I can get equity out as long as, so a lease doc loan or a um, low doc loan and that you don't need serviceability because I still didn't have great serviceability. Too many kids renting too many of my houses. Um, and... Um, and she's, um, so anyway, so we've ended up getting money out of the factory and out of the Airbnb and I've invested that and I'm paying about 4 to 5% and I'm getting over 20% back. So all of a sudden I've got really good um, income. So I'm getting, you know, at the end of the year and this is um, longer term projects, um, I'm earning more than what I would have out of the of the rent of the property. So it's huge. So we've got that one. She already had three on the go. So I'm now project managing with her on those ones. We're just about to get three demolished within the end of the week, end of the year. So three properties all demolished and building permits are all ready to go and um, we'll start building. So I've had to get my white car because I'm going to be going out on site seeing the builders. And um, got the hard hat and all the rest of it, so all good. And um, then we've got another JV landowner deal, and we've got another one that me and her are JVing together as well. And um, and the big one in the big one that we're doing, which is eighteen apartments. So we've got eight, I think, on the go at the moment. Plus, I've just been given the phone call this morning before this interview that um, my Seaford property has been is going to go to advertising for the three properties in um, Seaford. So 
So council's done that really, really quickly and I should be able to start that early next year too. Yay! So that one will be done and um, I've already got somebody that might buy the first the one of the townhouses so my daughter will buy one somebody else is going to buy one and um i'll keep the other one so it's sort of everything's sort of really panning out and life is fantastic so okay so now christine just 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 right now as a snapshot like right now how many deals have you got like, oh, like if you have a look at what you've got right now, you've still got the commercial deal. You've still got the, the Airbnbs. Yep. Yep. And the one up in Queensland. So I've got the other commercial in Queensland still. Okay. When you say the other, is that a second commercial? Yes. That's the one, that's the one in Super? Yeah. That's in Super. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. I've got, so I've got um, the two rentals in Croydon. Yep. Okay. Still got those ones. Yep. 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 The daughters that I'm doing the on the corner block. So the one I'm building at the back. So that's two there. Yep. The triplex that I'm going to going to be doing. Um, that's yep. just gone through council. And then with Candace, we've got. Well, she's got three that are were hers before I moved, came in, which whether we're the JV partner, but I'm project managing with her. And then we've got another five. Okay. All right. So you. You got a little bit on. Just a little bit. And we're looking for another one. We want to do a Renault flip. So most of ours are all Renaults or, you know, duplex, triplex, whatever they are, but or in, in apartments, which are huge. And they take a long time. So you've got to wait for council with those. So we're wanting to do, and we've got a bit enough money that we can get together to do our Renault flip. Yep. We've got a couple of um, equity partners that want to do things like this. So they want to give us money to get them a deal and teach them how to do it sort of and mm -hmm. um and do another deal so we there's a couple in brighton that were you know that sort of area high end so you buy them at a higher end price but then the high the, when you reno them they make bigger money of course so yeah, yeah yeah and you know they should be done in six months so we're sort of thinking we could do one or two of those in between while we're doing the rest of the stuff Got it, got it. Okay. So, and from your deals at the moment, you're getting cash flow on there, but you're also getting a 20% return on your funds as well? Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm getting I'm getting the 5%. Uh, so I'm getting what I'm paying in. So it's not costing me anything at the moment. Yep. The, the loans I've got, I'm getting that back. And then at the end of each financial year, I'll get the extra 15% or if it's gone into a deal, which um, there's one of those, then when the deal will do when the deal finishes obviously we're just going to set percentage split got it got it and yeah. out of out of interest how how much is that at the moment like how much you like you've obviously covering your wage and you've got obviously enough passive income to live off the uh, passive income once i add the passive income from the deals that we're doing together i instead of being at about a hundred thousand dollar um passive income 120,000 I think I'm up to about myself it'll be more like 220,000 or more a year so you'll double you'll double your passive income from about 120 mm -hmm. up to 2 220 by joining, around that yep by joining partner with partnerships yep mm -hmm. got it and Which that's I was always a loner but you know now I'm like no if you can get somebody that's as good as uh, my partner <laughs> then you're all good awesome <laughs> awesome now look on that point as well there was one of the questions that um we've got here is like about and we were discussing earlier about uh, what's a problem or an issue that you had to address um and one of the one of the earlier ones when when you first started out you'd never really done any kind of public speaking before you'd done it you'd, you'd kind of like and there was a point in time where you had to speak at platinum do you want to do you want to yep. share, okay. you know, share a little a little bit okay. about that so, so first First day in Platinum, go to the first meeting in Platinum in Melbourne and I walk in, didn't know a soul, so didn't know anybody and I walk in, it was very out of my comfort zone because I'm not, I was too scared, I'd never been anywhere much by myself. So I've walked in and I was late as I always am and everybody that gets to know me, they all know me now, I'm always late. Um, walk in and they they're all getting up individually telling their story or where they're at at that point in time. And I'm looking and I'm like, 
what? I can't get up in front of everyone. I've got nothing to say. What am I going to say? So I was, and I was the last person that he came to. So I was sitting there panicking the whole time, thinking, oh my God, what am I going to say? Um, and so I thought, oh, I'll just talk about Rosebud, you know, the, the Airbnb, because I was doing that at the time. So I got up and spoke about that and that, you know, I'd bought a house for my daughter and, um, and we're going to do what we were going to do with it um, and that sort of thing. So I sort of got up and spoke about that and, um, and that I bought this, you know, commercial deal up in Queensland. And all of a sudden things started rolling off the top of my tongue and, you know, sweating, you know, really hot and going, oh, my God. Anyway, so I sat back down there, all, you know, everybody claps and I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. And then we get up for our little coffee break and everybody comes over to me and goes, oh, you've been doing so much stuff. What have you done? Oh, I want to hear about the Airbnb. And next thing you know, people are asking me questions. And I was like, why is anyone asking me questions? Because I don't know anything, thinking that I didn't know anything. But in reality, I've learned enough that I obviously did at the time. It didn't seem to feel like that. So that was that was a huge hurdle. So, But now I'm, I'm the, me and another guy, we're both there talkers in the uh, platinum group we always have been and we have a platinum group that he started up um, for past platinums and new platinums and that we all get together and when we go he's also started up a group for all our real estate so just for ultimates um, and anybody over in I think airport west and every time I've been over there everybody comes up and asks me questions so you know I'm more than happy to help people and um they all come up and they say, oh, my God, you've got so much information. Um, it's taken me a while to realise that I actually do. I've actually learnt so much. So a lot of it has been, you know, the base of stuff is all through our real estate, but then it's all by doing as well. You have to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't do, then you don't get the confidence to actually know that you're actually doing something wrong or right when there's been plenty of wrongs, um, plenty of things going wrong that, you know, I don't get extra quotes off people because I'm too scared and I'm like too scared to you know my my self-assurance of myself was has held me back a lot because I would go oh you know I'll just get a price off them and that'll do and not checking prices I'm I'm learning still learning Mm. and um, you know when you deal with somebody and they don't if things don't work out right you think you know them and they're really fun you know nice people and then you work with them and you're like hmm that was not probably the best decision to make. Um, so, yeah, you learn a lot of things. <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. doing things. That's the best way of doing it. Yeah. I, I just love how you, you you at the moment you're going, oh, yeah, I'm scared to do this. I'm scared to do that. And, and I tell you, none of that comes across. <laughs> you know <laughs> I, what I mean? <laughs> I was. I'm not so scared anymore. But, no, you're not. Um, yeah. You know, I was. I used to be so scared of asking people for anything. And now I'm... Yeah, now, no, 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 no. People pull things out, try to pull things over my, and I'm like, no, mate, that's not the way it goes. Like, I know now, and I'm very much more confident in myself, and, yeah, I'll pull people up on everything now, so it's a lot, I'm different. That's what I mean. Completely, this is how I was, and now I'm, and, and you know, look, I used to be a really bubbly person when I was young, so I've sort of found that person back again. Mm. Um, but I've found even more confidence, and, um yeah, huge difference. Difference, wow, difference. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And now you also had another kind of thing during COVID when you didn't have a lot of um, <laughs> come coming in and you had to make some tough decisions and some tough choices. Do you want to share that one? Okay. So when COVID hit and I lost all my income um, and I was renting at six fifty a week, so it's a pretty expensive place. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. I'm going to see all this money that I've saved just go down the drain. So I'm usually the one who helps my kids out with everything. You know, financially, they're always coming to me for money. And all of a sudden, um, I had to ask them to help pay rent because I had four, three boys still living with me and three kids renting off me. So I had to ask them all to, number one, you need to have that rent coming in every week if you don't I'm in trouble number two um, increased a couple of them and number three had to ask my boys who were all adults and earning income to pay board which nearly killed me because I hate asking for 
anything off my children. And they were like, yeah, yeah, mum, of course we will. You know, what do you, how much do you want? And I went, oh, you may be 50. And I go, oh, well, we'll, yeah, we'll give you 75. You know, we'll, we'll help out with some groceries. And they were more than happy to help me. But I felt really, it was a really hard thing for me to do to ask for help because I hadn't had to do that before. I was always the one who was going to help everybody else. And that was a bigger, a, a real step back. And, um, and that's when I sort of started also thinking, well, there's got to be another way. I've got to do something else. So that's why I did my real estate agent's licence and did the other deal that I was, you know, right, get this done, get some income out of that and things sort of just softened. And, yeah, and so changed my mindset and um, it's amazing how things just come to you when you... <laughs> my daughter gave me a manifestation of uh, wealth, little little thing of um, oil, and I used to put that on my, my forehead, you know, to go, okay, on the wrists, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get money back again. So, and you know, everything's turned out really well now. So, big difference. Hmm. So, Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, did you want to mention a little bit about because you've 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 now changed quite a bit of a, a, an attitude in regards to how you approach different people, and especially with doing deals. Do you want to just share a little bit about how you approach a JV? Now, now I just want I know you've done them with your kids. And I know that that's probably a different relationship. <laughs> do, you, do you want to do you want to give like your point of view of, of of how you would approach a JV like now, just so that just from your point of view? Well, look, it's it's funny because I I helped somebody out. I gave somebody some money a while back, like I loaned them some money to do a, a joint venture, and um, he only needed sixty thousand. But I didn't do any due diligence whatsoever, and it was supposed to be for six months, and it ended up being for twelve months because he couldn't pay me back. I ended up telling him what to do to get out of that situation. And I held his hand and said, right, you need to, this is what you need to do. You need to go to the bank. You need to do this. You need to rent it, yada, 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 and make it into a positive for him. And then he was able to get a bank loan and pay me out. But um, that I didn't, I didn't do any due diligence. So bad, really bad mistake. I didn't check him out, didn't check anything out. Just don't do that. <laughs> Just don't. Um, as far as doing JVs, otherwise, though, I'm still probably not the best at um, learning everything about people and getting deals all set up. So you're probably not going to think this is great. Like, you know, Candace needed the money. We needed it there and then, right there and then. No JV agreement. And um, I was like, I'm all in. And I put money in because we needed to settle um, have the deposits paid so we've got the we've got a line agreement now it's all it's all done um, but there was I have a second instinct sometimes with what's going on and who's and because I'm going to help deal with the property there's ways out we've always got we've got two you know two exit strategies and um, or three so you've always got to have an exit strategy of how to get out of things have the legal documents in place, which, you know, I'm not great for saying that because I didn't do that at the time, but I think you've got to know the person and mm. you've got to know their integrity, you know, so you've got to really, like, she's a lady with three three young kids. She's got a partner who works really hard. She's just opened up this beautiful um, shop. Like, there was, she's got an IM out. She had everything done. As far as paperwork goes, she's the king of paperwork. As far as I go, I'm the the, the junior. I don't, I'm not very great at paperwork. If somebody can do it for me, yeah, okay, I'll do that for me. So I'm still not good at that stuff. Um, but I'm learning. She's taught me how to use two screens on a computer. She's taught me how to do zero invoicing. She's taught me. So it's a give and take. And um, sometimes I feel like, you know, I've, I've gone in with the equity and the money, but she's giving me so much more. So whoever you JV with, they've got to enhance you. You know, you can't just turn around and dump your money with somebody and then just sit back and let it let it just play out because you need to have your ear on the ground. You've got to know what's going on. You've got to know that person. And um, I think that's a really big thing. So mm -hmm. JVs are great, but you can get really bad JVs too. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you said about it. you've got to know the person. 
Mm. You know, you've got to know the person. You've got to know where they're at from an integrity point of view. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, real key point. Key point. Yeah. Um, so just um, if we, you mentioned before and asked a question about from, from, from a, a cash flow point of view, what's happened to your equity since you started to now? Like, obviously, it's gone up, but how, how has that changed since you've, since you've been well, involved with Parliament? Uh, um, it's sort of a really, it's a, it's a flowing object. It's really hard to tell. See, this is where I, I had trouble even when I did that super conference and I was up on stage. And to put it all out on paper and everything, I do often write things down and I add it all up and I work it out. And then I go, okay, well, I, I started here and now I'm here. That's okay. But, you know, money's going out all the time and then you've got money coming back in. You've got, it's it's a real moving target. So you, if you're always trying to think of, oh, I haven't got that much yet, but you've got money in things that are going to be that sort of price. Like, you know, I've probably made probably not as much as I should because I've been helping all the kids out. You know, like I've probably made 500000 in the, you know, in equity over those years. Um, as far as, serviceability up until this year I hadn't made really you know just because things went up a little bit but probably no no more than what I was so I was maybe earning 80,000 and then you take off all last year you know you take off all the um, expenses and every depreciation which is really cool and I only had like 56,000 so on paper my looked horrible so no wonder I couldn't get any I couldn't buy anything I couldn't get to a you know all oh, most of the loan brokers just so they can go yeah sorry um but you need to know you need to be willing to spend a little bit of extra money to be able to get different sorts of loans um and realize that the realization of of what you can actually earn on the equity that you have without having that serviceability then changes the ballpark, like, like that ballpark, you know, because all of a sudden you are earning this much, which is nothing, and then by taking that equity out and paying higher rate of interest, you'll then increase your equity by so much money, and um, and then all of a sudden you you know they a lot of loan brokers don't like that sort of thing because they go, oh, the banks don't don't look at that sort of income. But then once you've got that money come into you and you've got a business like a consultancy trust, that's why that comes into it. When that money comes paid in, then it's different. They class it as a different income. So it's a business income rather than um, investment income. Yeah. So, and that's also, all that, that's all with a consultancy trust that you got set yes, up as well with Planet. Yeah. Consultancy trust makes a big difference. So I also sell floorboards. Yep. And I do some people's kitchen design, like I'll, you know, just the cheap ones for people who are doing cheap renos. And I've um done the planning, you know, just do the plans, draw up the plans are simple because they're basically, you know, like IKEA's or whatever, you just do it all up, send it in, order it get it all organised for them to go out and um, get it sent out to them and um, and then it gets sent out to them and you just chuck on 10% on top and you really you've just done on the computer for uh, not even an hour and you've earned, <laughs> earned some money but it's the matter that that money's going through your consultancy trust so anything you can get to go through there yeah. makes it look good so even my sons who have bought houses so my son that just bought a house I organized his kitchen and all of his flooring and you know really didn't make a profit but I said you know look just pay me an extra couple of hundred and uh, on the invoice and I'll chuck it back to you <laughs> so it looks like so your business is always looking like it's turning over and doing other things because it can't be just coming from one source of income yeah sure, so sure. that's you know that's what I've found out and so I've got new accountants now as well I've also finally, after what four years of saying I'm going to do my will, done my will, we're about to sign it, so I'm like, yay, um, and got some life insurance. So I got life insurance because I got equity out of my properties, mm -hmm. and I wanted to cover those debts so that the 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 loan that I've given out just to um, my business partner won't have to be called in if something ever happened to me. So you've sort yeah, of got sure. to start covering other bases that you hadn't thought of before mm, you know I always mm. thought oh no point having life insurance I've got properties um but now I've got equity out and loans then I want those loans to be paid out rather than having to sell anything yeah yeah got it, so, got it. Yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool. Now, um, Peter's asked a question about, um, you mentioned despite having good equity, there was no serviceability. Can you explain the process of extracting the equity uh, in order to do a deal? Was yeah. that was that that was just a good broker? Was that right? A good broker, a broker that's going to think outside the box. So you need to think outside the box and go low doc or a lease doc. So if you've got a factory like a, or a commercial property, you can get a lease doc loan, which goes on the income that they that property is earning. So they'll give you a lease um, doc loan on how much income is that's producing, and um, but it's at a higher rate. So I think that was at 5.39%. But, you know, I got $450,000 out, which I was able to get, you know, if you, you work it out and you get an extra 15% on top of that, you know, work out the figures and it works out really well. So Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. awesome. And then a low doc loan is, is also not classed on your income. So it's still, again, higher. They're from second-tier lenders, so they're not from the banks. So one's from, I've done Pepper Money, and one's the other one is Latrobe, which, yep. yeah. Just got to be careful of their, <laughs> the lenders, um, in any any lender, their solicitors, their solicitors are bloody useless. So they take ages to get the shit done. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. And I think that answers the second question about, because that first one with a lease doc, that was commercial, and the other ones were residential. Yeah. With a low doc, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, All it. right, that's that's for you, Peter. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, Christine, how is your life different now? How oh, isn't it different? It's completely different. I'm not the same person I was then. Um, I come into an office to go to work, which I thought I would never, ever do in my life. You know, people used to say, oh, don't you, when you've got seven kids, don't you ever want your own life? What do I want my life? My kids are my life. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I understand that now. Um, I was very reserved and didn't have um, really anything else in my life besides my children and a couple of close friends. That was it. Um, always afraid to go and do things by myself now I'm not afraid to go and do anything by myself so you know I'm confident I know I can make money and I know I can help people so they're sort of all go hand in hand so if you can't make money and can't get ahead in life then you can't help other people so that's a really big learning curve so I just wanted to always help everybody but if you money is key like, you know, if you've got money, the amount of people you can help is tenfold. You know, eventually I'll start up housing with um, for abused women and um, single single parents. And, um, you know, I, I now feel like I used to think, oh, God, I'm never going to be able to do that because I don't know how to make the money or do that sort of thing. But now I think with the contacts I've got and all the support that I've got around me, that's going to be an easy, easy task. So still want to go children first. So definitely mm -hmm. children first, but I've got now three into houses because um, I've gone guarantor or given 10% deposit. So if my kids can get 10% deposit, I will give them the other 10% as a loan to get into a house as long as it's a deal. It's got to be a deal. They can't just go and buy a... Uh, off the plan or an apartment, you've got to buy a deal. So that's my thing. The, the, the deal is a deal. A deal is a deal. That's all yeah. there is to it. They've got to make yeah. money out of it. And um, and one of them is about to pay me my 10% back. So it's yeah. um, his house has gone up by 200,000 within from December last year. So awesome. awesome. And he's about to rent, um, subdivide as well. So that's then he's going to make about 300,000 at 23 years of age. So, awesome. And awesome. he's the one who started um, I Love Real Estate with me. I dragged him along to every conference. And um, he said to me the other day for the first time, he put his arm around me and said, Mum, he said, the best thing you ever did is take me to those conferences, drag me to those conferences. He goes, I wouldn't have been able to do this if I didn't know all of that stuff. So, you know, and it's rubbed off on then on his 25-year-old brother who's just bought a house too and doing a subdivision and renovation again. And, um, and, you know, and then my daughter will have, um, she's going to buy one of the three and she'll have equity in her home. And as a single mum, she'll be able to go, she's going to go and use that equity to go and do 
something else with it. So they all have this plan of making passive income out of their out of their um, properties or otherwise starting a business. And she's she's going to start a business as well. So she's um, going to be a very entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> all sorts of things. Yeah. So it's great. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. And and how do you feel personality wise? Oh, confident, lovely, and um, and talkative, but still running late <laughs> and still working in chaos. Yeah, as yeah. Edith will agree with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, so every every week we have um, every two weeks we have a platinum meeting um, with the past and present platinums. Yep. And every week, well, besides maybe two, I've been on time, and they've all gone, "What? Christine's here." um otherwise yeah they go oh hi Chris you know wonder when you pop in so yeah I'm always but that's just I wear it I'm like that's who I am I always trying to get more done than what I should be trying to get done but yep. that's the way I am yeah, yeah. So if you wear who you are I think that's that's a big thing it's a big confidence thing too because I used to be really embarrassed about it now I'm just like <laughs> is it going to make any difference to it? it only makes difference to me that I'm missing out on what yeah. I might have wanted to listen to. So, yeah. you know, if it's important, I'll be there. Yep. Um, but, you know, if it's just a catch-up or whatever, it's no big deal. It's just you pop in and say hi and it's all good. Hmm. Awesome. And Michael even knows that I used to be late to those conferences because I was always too busy chatting to people outside, weren't I, Michael? Come on, you yeah. guys, get back in. Get yeah, back in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Every single time, I'd be like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm yeah, no, 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 but there would be people around you as well, you know, picking oh, your brains I mean. and so forth. There's so. always people around yeah, me and everybody totally. wants to keep asking questions. So I was like, well, I want to give people answers. From someone who was just like shy and no public speaking, it's a, it's a huge turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, huge, <laughs> huge turnaround. Um, now, Derek was asking a question. Uh, commercial deal in Queensland with 9% return. Did you source it yourself or do you use a buyer's agent? That was, I think, the one no, through SMSF. I, I, Sourced it myself. I did join um, James Dawson at the time. He's no longer, I don't know if he's still got a course, but I still get emails from him. Um, he's a commercial um, guy, so I got all of his information. It was just a couple of things that he'd said that I said I needed to look at, but the deal, I made a really big mistake on that deal. So I went into it. I thought I did all my due diligence, which I... You know, you can't, you can only do so much. Um, but because I had a, you know, a signed lease and he was supposed to pay this much and everything, it was all good. So for 11 months, it was great. And he got um, injured and he didn't own anything in his own name and he went broke. And I didn't know it because I was managing it myself instead of getting a manager. And the other thing I didn't do is I didn't get, a insurance for a landlord to get income, you know, my my um, the rent paid because I thought it's a lease, you know, you I didn't realise it was the same anyway. Didn't do it, bad mistake. He left, like he tried to sell it, and he just was being too too picky with the people who was going to come and take over. And um, he left high and dry. And the girl that was going to buy it worked for him here. And she had my phone number. So she gave me a call and she said, oh, did you know he's left? And I went, no. And I looked at my bank account, two weeks, no rent. And so, yeah, so I had to, I ended up having to fly up. Um, he left the place in a big mess. There was stuff everywhere and I had to go in and renovate then and it cost me a lot of money and the permit was for, it was a residential house, but it was had a permit, but there was a little clause on it that was supposed to be a day spa on the end. So I had to go through planning up in Gympie to change that to be just a commercial one and that took six months because commercial um, Gympie Council is paying the net. Um, so I couldn't get anybody else back in it. And then um, we had the bushfires and then we had COVID and I didn't get a tenant for 18 months. So it sat there empty, didn't owe money, thank God for that. Um, didn't have an agent, so I didn't have to pay for anything much and the, rate, the outgoings were not very expensive. So um, what turned out was a really good deal, turned out to be a really shitty deal. 
Um, got agents involved, of course, and got it on the market and all the rest of it. And um, finally, but there's only really one commercial agent up there, which was really can, hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, they finally tenanted it out at the end of last year um, for 30000 so still making 6% or 6.2%, I think. Um, and he was going to buy it at the end of this year. Well, he wanted to buy it with only a thousand dollar down and no deposit other than that. And I had um, lovely Calvin, who was my solicitor up there, said, uh-huh. nope, that's not a good thing. You're not covered. So I went back and said, no, nope, I don't want to sign that. He needs to say he's going to pay it within the two months prior, the, 10, the 20% or 10%, and he then wouldn't sign. So we left it as it was and it didn't get signed and he didn't want to buy it now anyway. So he would have jumped out. So yeah. I've got um, the market's gone mental up there. So it's actually on the market and we're sort of looking, he's going to rent it out month to month anyway. So it's all good and it's still money in the end. Um, but the market's gone crazy. So even if I sold it as a residential property now, I'd still get about a hundred thousand profit. Awesome. So awesome. it's turned out to be okay. I've just held on, but that was that used to give me sleepless nights. Yeah. Um, sure. And I used to keep thinking I did cold calls to all of the medical places and to like um, massage places, physios, chiropractors, everybody in the area. You know, oh, do you want a new rental place? You know, it'd be great for this. It'd be great for that. Trying to get somebody to rent it, and um, no, 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 no. Like just. I did everything. I even I ended up getting a clearing done it, and um, it wasn't actually that long after the clearing that I got done, and connecting myself a bit more with the house that we actually got a tenant. So yeah. whether that was just timing or whether that had anything to do with it, I don't know. I sort of just was like at wit's end, going, "There has to be something else I can do." So we went down that path. It didn't cost much, only three hundred bucks. So for $300 and two months or three months later, I've got somebody signed up. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the end of the world after what I'd spent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the council made me do landscaping, which was ridiculous, and that cost me $4,000. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and just just to let everyone know as well, um, when it comes to clearing that you're talking about, um, if you want to know more about that in the Real Estate Millionaire Within, Timna talks about that, how, how you can clear energies from a property. And she goes and describes that if, you, if you're wondering. So, um, okay, Christine, look, we're, we're, we're kind of just a little bit over time, but, but the, the last thing I wanted to know was, um, uh, what do you tell others now about and the I love real estate. Um, what, what, what would I you say? Like, if your like, was brand I, new, I feel like I need to start getting commission from Dipner for all the people that I recommend to go to. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Everyone I meet, is that, is like, that all your kids? So, are, you, are your kids coming along now too? Well, they're not just yet, but um, they will be. Mark's moved them to Queensland, so he will hopefully start next year. But no, I have everyone I talk to, you know, and if I can talk anyone's ear off about property, that's just all I tend to talk to. My kids were sick to death of it after a while. And I was like, oh God. Um, So I talk to other people, anyone who's willing to listen or has any interest, I will talk freely about property. And I always am like, have you heard of I Love Real Estate? You really need to, if you're really interested, you need to join. That's where I learned everything from. And I said, the community, you can talk to everybody about it. And um, yep, so um, I'm a really big advocate. You know, my daughter says, oh, but you know, they're a bit of a cult. And I go, yeah, they are, but they're not costing you anything. They're making you money, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Um, Part of being a part of community and being able to talk to people that are like-minded when you have a passion for something is just invaluable. It's just invaluable. You have a problem, you put it on Facebook, you get 20 million people answering it. Ah, you'll always get an answer. And um, yeah, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And the Platinum, you know, we really got to know each other very well. We had a a super conference held at... um, somebody's house in um, Kilsyth, oh no, um, Mitcham, and they put a big screen up and projector and um, people just came in and out all weekend and um, we had so much food, it was ridiculous. 
and just chatted. And some of the time there's the screen and the chairs in front of the screen and nobody's there. We're all over the other side chatting away going talk, 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 talk. So we've, we've missed it. We've so it, missed it over the whole... It, it looked like such a buzz to do it that way. Have a big yeah, screen, have you all there, like you're doing it. Yeah, such an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, so so what, what advice would you give to someone brand new? If someone's brand new and they're kind of like coming in and they're going, hang on, they're doing this interview thing, maybe I should watch this. What would you say to someone if they've just joined up? Just joined up, I would say, if they've joined, joined yep. I Love Real Estate? Yep, yep. Um, okay, so if somebody's already joined I Love Real Estate, get to know people. Get to know people, learn the stuff, Listen to everything you can with Dipners. If you can go to the conferences, go to every conference you can get your hands on because that's where I don't learn by sitting and watching as much. I put all of, I had DVDs, so and now you can get them on the webinars on your phone. I have it all hooked up to my phone. So if I've got a long drive, I'll just hit the play, you know, put a, pick a webinar or something and I'll just listen to it. So the more you listen to and watch and talk to people about the more it all sinks in and once you've got it sinking in and you then write your goals work it out what you're going to do what you want to do what gives you the most passion so it's it's all about passion if you think god that scares me don't go don't go and try and do something that scares you try and do something at the start that doesn't scare you and you think i would love to do that if you Mm. really want to do something do something you really enjoy doing because you'll do it well that's all there is to it so yeah. that's my advice. Awesome, awesome. Christine, thank you so much. That's okay. It's been, it's been so much fun and you've covered so many different things and I still have no idea of how many deals you've done. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of just, it gets mixed up in the wash and it's, it's, all, it's all fun though. It's, um, you know, but the, yeah, the one thing I do know is that, you know, you've, you've, you've dived in and you've just run with it, uh, and now you've just you've you've just rotated your life into such a different way. So um, I wanted to try everything. You know how yeah. Dipna says, "Don't do the shiny things." You know, don't do this. Know something and do it well. I'm like, mm, that's not me. I did completely the opposite. I did a you know the Airbnb renovation, triplex, duplex. You know, one into two, one into three relocatable home why not we'll throw that in there and now I'm doing apartments so or you know big apartments so and commercial so you know it doesn't always have to be just you've got to sometimes find your niche I do like subdivisions but I I just you know I like renovating but I like subdivision renovation so that's probably where I what I like to do but I would really like next thing is that I haven't done yet is a little shop shopping centre or a commercial resi so you know but building on top it scares me a little bit because I haven't done it yet but yeah so I would like to do a bit of everything and you know I'd really like to get a motel one day (laughs) (laughs) so it's watch this space hey (laughs) so you know a bit of everything it's always good a bit of variation and yeah, a bit exciting then. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Christine, thank you. Thank you so much. We better leave it there because we've kind of yep. gone and gone gone over. Um, really appreciate it. Um, there's been a lot of kind of positive comments coming through as well, also on Facebook as well, from Nancy, from Lisa uh, and Lorraine as well. So um, so thank you so much. Really okay. appreciate it. Um, and um, for everyone listening in as well, I mean, this one is going onto Facebook and uh, it will stay there. So you can always go back and review it at any point in time. Um, but until until next time, um, much appreciated, Christine. We'll leave it there. Have Bye a fantastic now. Friday Friday afternoon. And we'll, Good yeah. We'll, absolutely. And we'll catch everyone later. Okay. Bye. See ya.